Welcome to Rockshold Ministries Frontline's Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at www.rocksolidministries.org. Again, that's rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Brandon Winters, preacher for First Christian Church in Water Valley, Mississippi. Uh, Brandon, I believe we met at a meeting of preachers in North Mississippi. Was that last year or two years ago? Probably two years ago. Oh, wow. And I told you I was going to get around to an interview, and it's taken me this long. I've been trying to schedule it ever since. But yeah. uh, anyway, I'd, I'd really like to know more about you because I really don't know anything about you, your life and ministry. So, Brother Brandon, tell us your story. Well, um, I uh, grew up in the Catholic Church. Um, my, both my parents um, were Catholic. And uh, I'm just going to preface this with... What I'm going to talk about is my experience. It's not the experience of all Catholics or anything like that. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, I grew up in the church. Um, we went to church, I would say, every once in a while. Um, not very uh, every Sunday. We weren't just Easter and Christmas, you know. Um, but as far as the church was concerned, um, we went because we had to. Um, that was, again, these are my feelings. <laughs> we went because we had to. Um, and so for a long time, um, I just went in my relationship with God was the Savior part, um, right. not so much the Lord part. Um, I, uh, like most people. Yes, yeah. I needed yeah. him, but only when I wanted him. Right. <laughs> you know. He was a good God up there to have and Correct. call him when you needed him. Yes, right. exactly. Sure. Um, so I went through that uh, phase in my life. Uh, obviously, I was young, um, growing up. Uh, my mom passed away when I was 17 years old. Um, and so when that happened, uh, obviously with Jesus not being my uh, Lord of my life, um, I obviously went the way of the world. Um, and I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. Um, as I tell the congregation, everybody I talk to, um, it's only by the grace of God that I stand here um, because there's no reason I should be alive today um, because of what, what I went through then. Um, I, I drew away from God. I didn't want anything to do with Him. Um, I knew him, like I said, but he, right. it was not any type of relationship that I wanted to make better. Um, went through that whole phase, did those things I wasn't, shouldn't have done. Um, actually ended up meeting my wife. Um, the crazy thing about all that is, is I met her um, and she actually calmed me down. <laughs> she wasn't uh, my wife at the time. We were just dating, but she was able to get me to kind of start thinking about living longer than the next day um, wow. and so that was really good for me um, actually what got me back into wanting a relationship with God um, when her cousin was baptized in the church um, in a Baptist church mm -hmm. um, we went and watched the baptism uh, the thing that was really hard for me um, was coming back to the church this Baptist church um, and then my wife really wanted to get involved in the church and mm. I had in the back of my mind all my Catholic beliefs and like I can't even right. be in another church I can't do this type of stuff you know right. so I understand that. so yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of for me a lot of self-reflection a lot of you know if I want to be married to her if I want to have a family if I want to know Jesus I have to know him um, more than just someone telling me Right. Um, so I ended up going 
um, and I got into the Bible um, constantly. Um, I think I probably have read that 15 to 20 times cover to cover. Like I, I just, I, I just can't get enough of it now. Wonderful. Um, and so that all kind of transpired into, well, maybe I should look at college. Um, I was working for a cable company for 10 years, really good job, paid lots of money. Um, everything like worldly wise was, was going great. And then I got laid off. And so I was oh. driving and we lived in Manhattan, Kansas. And across the street was Kansas State University. And directly across the street on the other side was Manhattan Christian College. Interesting. Um, and I will just say that it was God that did it. I didn't realize it was, but for some reason, instead of turning to K-State, I turned to the Christian College. Uh, walked in there, got the thing that was really cool about all that. I walked in there, and you can just see God working in all of it. Because when I got there, I talked with the person. They were actually looking for someone that could do IT work. That's what I did with the cable company. Oh. Um, and so I ended up not only going to school there, but getting a job there. Well, now, let me ask you, were you, at this time, you were still going to the Baptist Church with your... Yes. And you were married. Yes, but, I was married at this time, and I right. had probably, that would have been one, two, that would have been all four of our kids. Really? Born. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. so it was it was quite a shocker. Um, a lot of, uh, again, like I said, this, for, for me beginning out, uh, this wasn't just a, a I know God, I, I live Him. Um, I knew that um, when I took that step, um, the only way I was going to survive was through Him. Right. Um, there was no way worldly wise that I should have done it um, because, like I said, I left a job, was making lots of money, everything was progressing. Um, and even at the co Christian college, and then another kind of thing that leads into that is so I got my degree um, in Bible and leadership there. Um, as I was getting my degree there, I was getting my degree to actually someday hopefully become like a vice president of a college. Okay. Um, it was never... Yeah. You're thinking more of the education end. Correct. Right. Ministry was not... My ministry was not going to be at a church. That was my mindset. Yeah. Um, my it's ministry... Always fun to hear somebody's plans. Yes. Before, and, before God gets really involved. Yeah. Exactly. And that's... Again, that's why it's so funny to look back now. And that's why I like... When you said you wanted to do this interview, it was exciting to me. Because to think back on where I've been and what I've right. been through. and I find that with a lot of guys. Yeah. It's been a while since they think back and they really see the whole picture of how God yeah. directed them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's amazing what he's done and just thinking through all those steps that he was right there the whole time, um, whether I wanted him to be or not. Um, because what ended up happening with all of that was is I actually graduated. I had an application to get my master's in business administration. Like, I mean, I was accepted. I was getting ready to go. A friend of mine came to me one day and said, hey, have you thought about youth ministry? And me, like a good Christian that I was, I said, of course not. <laughs> no, I didn't at all. And so then it, it progressed. He didn't push on it much. Um, I didn't say much about it. Um, but he came to me a couple months later and he said, hey, have you thought about this, like going into youth ministry? And I said, I can't, you know, I've got four kids. I got a wife. I, I I just can't do this. I mean, right. again, I, I I feel this tug of, am I going to go for the financial freedom or am I going to go in the way of where God wants me? Um, mm -hmm. I knew all along um, as I started to become know God more and more, obviously, I knew where I was supposed to be um, as far as in ministry. I just didn't want to be there. Right. Um, 
And so I fought it. Uh, he asked me the question that has always been in the back of my mind. Um, one day he walked up and he says, I'm going to ask you one last time. And he says, have you prayed about being a youth minister? And when he said that, it was like all of a sudden the weight of the world um, because that was now taking it out of my hands, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I prayed and I ended up uh, becoming a youth minister. Um, and I was a youth minister for three years. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but I started to look at my age <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, not saying that, but you can be, I just don't know a lot of 40 year old youth ministers. Um, <laughs> and so like, uh, I started to think about that. I also started to think about the impact I was having on the youth. Um, they saw me as their dad, not as the person they were going to come talk to. So like a lot of the kids I found would, they weren't coming to me for their talk unless they wanted the dadly advice. Right. Um, and plus one of my own kids was about ready to come into my youth group. So I was like, yeah, I, maybe it's time to look at something else. Um, and then I said I'd never be a preacher and yet here I sit preaching um, the Word of God every week and loving it. Um, so did you come from youth ministry to where you're at now? Yes. Are, okay. So how you were youth ministry for how many years? For three years three I was years. in youth ministry. And how long have you been at Water Valley? This is year three. Year three. Year three, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so you're, yeah. you've, you've got all these kids, but you're fairly young in yes. ministry. Yes. Actually it, in ministry. Yeah. Before um, actually full-time like ministry, I um, helped uh, lead a men's group, and I did that at that Baptist church. Okay. Um, that was one of the... I was in charge of all their technology, obviously, when I first got there, and then it progressed mm -hmm. into kind of leading a men's group, getting it started. Um, and that's when I started to feel the, the tug more to... A personal ministry, um, right? Versus a, you know, more of a event-based ministry. You know, so like, where, where were you living when you met your wife? When I met my wife, I was actually living in Nebraska. <laughs> in Nebraska, where can I ask where Nebraska? Yeah, um, I graduated from Beatrice, Nebraska. Is okay. where I graduated from. Um, I've done a few revivals in Nebraska and, and used to yeah. live up close to Nebraska. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ogallala, Nebraska is where I spent most... I know exactly where Ogallala is. Do you really? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's I ministered in Sterling, Colorado. Okay, yeah. And, and in Burlington, Colorado. So <laughs> I know right where you're talking See, about. I've been there a few times. And, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a neat place. Um, but yeah, I spent we spent most of my life was in Ogallala. Um, we left when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And then we went to Beatrice, graduated from there and then eventually moved to Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> well, we're sitting here and I'm just thinking how natural you look in a cap that might be worn by a farmer. You know, I guess I'm, I'm just, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's I, truth. So it is, it is, it is. I, I, farms are not my favorite thing, but I've been right. on a few. <laughs> yeah, you know how to use bailing wire yep. and all that it's, kind of uh, thing. Yeah. Don't tell anybody that. No. Can no. we edit that part out? <laughs> yeah, we'll try to get that out. But yeah. anyway, uh, so, uh, you ended up. You went to. You went to a college that is yep. basically a Christian church college. Correct. And you ended up in the Christian church. Yes. Was there something as far as transition doctrinally and oh, all yeah. like that? Um, obviously, yes, very much so. That's why I said kind of towards the beginning, like I had to get into the Word of God for what the Word of God was. Um, right. I, I learned for me personally. I don't do very good when someone tells me what to do. Right. Um, and so. It was really hard for me to have people telling me this is what you need to believe. Um, and so 
I started to, when they'd tell me that, I started to read the Bible more to figure it out. And yeah, doctor, I mean, there's a lot of doctrine differences. Yeah. Um, uh, a I lot could, of similarities too, and that's what yes, you know. But there, there, there is, there are some very basic differences. Yes. Here. Yeah, and, and I tell people all the time, I wish there was some things that the Christian Church would go back to. That yeah. <laughs> maybe we've lost some of that stuff, right? Um, you yeah. know, of the reverence of God and you yes. know, that that you know when you I walk in, when you walk into a sanctuary, you know you're in a sanctuary, <laughs> right? Not, you know, not not in the the fellowship hall, right? You yeah. know that there is something to that, and yeah. and I think. In, in what I've seen, and I may have said this before to my listeners, so please forgive me if I have, but what I've seen is that uh, young people today going into church, they're going back, they're looking for uh, something that is more like that, and they're looking for relationships, and they're not so much, and I'm not, I'm not against contemporary music. Mm-hmm. My last ministry was very contemporary uh, as far as our style of worship, but uh, young people don't care. They, they don't care if you've got if you've got 25 spotlights and everything else, which we did in my last measure. <laughs> so I can say what they care about is that when they walk in, that are you going to say, "Would you like to sit with me? Yeah. We're going to go to lunch. You want to go? You want to go to lunch with us?" And uh, the what I'm hearing is to them the the lights and the smoke machines, you know, the fog machine. That that's a waste of money. That could be used somewhere else. And uh, we need to have a relationship. We need to share Christ. We need to learn about yeah. Christ. And and now that's just my take yeah. <laughs> from a guy who travels around all over the country. So, well, yeah, I, I think when you talk about that, it, it just proves that what has worked, you know, when the early church started, it right. still works today. Yeah, you know, where we've tried to, and I don't want to say manipulate worship, but we've tr- we've changed it right to make it to what we think people want versus keeping it basic where Jesus was all about relationships. Why aren't we all right. about relationships? Right. Come in, let's, let's worship. Yeah. And if your worship style is contemporary, that's fine. If you if, yeah. it, if, if it's if it's uh, quartet music, then I've always said, if, if you do it with excellence for the Lord, don't mm-hmm. change it because you think somebody wants something different. If, if your congregation fits that and does it well, and you actually are singing to the Lord and worshiping Him, no matter what style you use, then that's wonderful. But don't, don't do it to, because you think this is what people want. Correct. Do what will please God. Yes. And, and do what you can do with, with uh, joy and with excellence yes. for the Lord. Yeah. I, again, I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think, and again, in my experience, like I said, being Catholic to now, that's one of those areas that I really strive to I don't care what we're doing, just why are we doing it? Right. What's the reason, the motivation behind it? I grew up Methodist, so I, I have the same thing. And uh, one of my interviewers, interviewees, sometime back, Dr. Jim, James Spinotti, uh, was trying to help his wife find a church because his wife needed to go to church. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he was Catholic. And, and uh, also there's some connections with mafia and stuff. It's a very interesting interview if you haven't heard it. <laughs> But one of the things he said was, someone gave him a Bible, and again, this is not ever. This is not a put down to Catholics or Methodists or Baptists or anybody, but his background was Catholic, and he said it's a dangerous thing to give a Bible to a Catholic if he's going to read it. And now, of course, he teaches preachers how to <laughs> preach, and and all. So, uh, you had that same experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think of my grandma and grandpa. I, I mean. 
man, they, they knew their Bible too. Like, I mean, it wasn't that they didn't read their Bible, and right. it, you know. Sure. Um, and even to this day, I don't question where they're at or anything like that. No, it's not for us to question anything. No, no, you know, I yeah. just look at that and say, wow, you know, that's for me, um, that denomination, that upbringing got me to where I am today. And because of that, I'm a better person right. than I would have been not having it. That's exactly how I feel. I, people ask me, why did you leave the Methodist Church, Tom? Because my first, when I first began to preach, I preached in the Methodist Church in, in the Ozarks. And, and I said, I didn't leave it. I added to it. I found that there was more that, that was not being taught me. And I found it. And I'm very appreciative and respectful mm -hmm. of those who raised me in their love of God. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't agree with a, a doctrine here anymore because I've, I've read more of the Bible. And, and, but very, mean that very respectfully. Yeah. 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 And, and that's how we need to be. We've got one enemy in this world, and his, his name is not Baptist, Methodist. Correct. Uh, his name is Satan. Yes. And, and let's go after him, and, and let's go with the Word of God. Agreed. And, and God will do his, do his work. Yeah. yeah. That's, God's the one that's going to fix all of it. <laughs> so how, how, did, how did your wife, tell me the, your, your, your wife's name and kids okay. and all like that. Tell us about uh, the ages and everything. We haven't heard about that yet. Yeah. Um, my wife is Jennifer. Um, we've been married. Oh, I shouldn't have done this to myself. <laughs> been married a while. Yeah, I've been married uh, for long enough to have four kids. That's right. Uh, yeah. I think sixteen years, sixteen or seventeen. She'll correct me later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, we have four kids. My oldest is uh, Aiden, and he is fourteen. I've got Ryder is my second one, and he is ten. Will be uh, or just actually just turned eleven. Um, then I've got uh, Kylan is my third. So I got three boys. Um, Kai is uh, eight, and then I have my daughter's the last one, and she is seven. And so and three boys, one girl. How did uh, how did your wife feel about when you said I'm going to go to Bible college? Going to Bible college wasn't a problem um, because actually she ended up getting a Bible degree also. Oh really? Um, so she got a degree from K State. Um, she was going through that when we first met, um, and when we were married early on, um, she finished her degree. Um, after I was at Manhattan Christian College, she ended up getting her Bible degree. So getting the degree wasn't the biggest problem. The problem was that she didn't marry a minister. Mm -hmm. um, and so the problem came later when I came to her and we started talking about the truth of me becoming a youth minister. Um, because then the, obviously, as you know, as a minister or as in sure. the ministry, um, there's a lot more to it than just financial. Right. Um, there's a, a wear and tear on you as a person. There's a wear and tear on your wife, your family. Absolutely. Um, You're right. And ministry is not just mine. Um, it's my family's. And so... And you have probably seen that in other ministers yes. at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, I think, one of the hardest things in ministry is the drain on your family. Right. <laughs> you know, um, like I can... It's kind of like I tell my dad a lot. Um, I can handle it myself, but when you bring my wife into it, my kids into it, it becomes a lot bigger thing. It is. Um, it really no matter is. how that plays out, good and bad. I mean, there's a lot of blessings we get because we're a family that, right. you know, um, but uh, that was probably the hardest conversation. Um, part of our youth, our youth ministry, um, it was really good. Um, don't get me wrong, but the other side of it at home wasn't as good as we we're taking, you know, we took a huge pay cut. 
Right. Um, a lot of finances changed. A lot of, uh, you know, we were the people that had new vehicles that now we didn't have new vehicles anymore. You know, we're trying to fix them in the driveway to, to, to get right. to, to church, you know, um, things like that. That That's a, a huge, a huge uh, undertaking. Um, and, and I think the hardest part, too, at the beginning was it was my calling, not her calling. You know, yeah. like I knew I was called to it. And so we had a lot of battles and uh, like, you, you know what I mean no, when I say no. battles. But yeah. Yeah, we had sure. a lot of conversations that were um, very a of, hard. A lot of back and forth about yeah. is this something that we can really handle? Correct. We can do? And, and financially, God will take care of us. But spiritually and mentally, people do not realize the wear and tear spiritually that comes on a minister and then on his family and his wife. Yeah. Because the minister can talk to his wife. Who does she talk to? Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was hard in the first ministry with youth ministry, was that exact thing. Like, one, for me, who do I talk to other than my wife? And then my wife has no friends because I moved her an hour away from all her friends. So she wasn't like she could just call them up and talk to them. I mean, she d- did and stuff. But like you said, it just a big, it's a bigger undertaking than when I, when I, when he said pray about it. I never actually realized what else was going to follow. <laughs> you know, like when uh, when I knew this is it, we're go- I'm going, we're going. Like, I didn't realize all the other <laughs> little bits and pieces of it that, you know, one, I didn't have a youth minister growing up, so I never had that relationship. Um, actually, what a relationship I had was with one of the older guys of the church um, at the Baptist church that, I mean, he kind of took me under his wing and, he made me deal with a lot of issues inside of me that I didn't even know I had. Right. <laughs> you know, which helped me then, again, once I believe God got this planned out, and I can look back and say that happened for me to be the man I am today, um, both in as a minister but also as a husband and a father. Um, I think a, a, one thing that a lot of people don't realize about ministry is is all your worlds come together. Right. It's hard to separate being a husband and a father and being a preacher. Or it is. It is. You yeah. just you're going full time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was interesting that one of one of my family uh, just very recently was is, found themselves out of ministry, and uh, and well, it was a son-in-law. And my daughter said, uh, "It was youth minister." She said, "It's amazing." She said. All of a sudden, somebody said something about their child had a game tonight, and she said, I thought, wow, I, it's amazing that this week I don't have in my head every kid's ball schedule and cheer schedule and everything. I, don't ha- I only have my own kids, and that's all I have to be concerned with right now. We're not running to get to another ball game. And they love doing that. They absolutely love doing it. But it, she said, all of a sudden, it's just like, whew, yeah. we got time for each other. Yeah. And... and uh, and that's that's the absolute truth. It is. Now my wife married a she met I met her in church where I was preaching. And and she had talked about being a missionary anyway. So th- our minds were already set on it. And mm-hmm. but my grandmother told me years ago, if she'd known my grandfather was gonna be a preacher, she doesn't know that she ever would have married him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when she did marry him, I think he was still running moonshine back in the Ozarks and <laughs> and uh, and and uh, playing at hon- piano at honky tonks. So yeah. Uh, I always thought that was interesting, but I didn't understand it at the time. Yeah. Now that I've been in ministry almost 50 years, oh boy, yeah. 
I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy. I mean, it really is. It's 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 really difficult, um, but really good. <laughs> you Take, know, <laughs> takes a lot of a, a lot of uh, learning. Yes, and a lot of growth to be in mm-hmm. ministry, and and uh, sometimes building a little bit of a shell around you and your family to kind of protect the kids. Yeah, and and uh, and that's a shame yeah. because it's, it's the outside world now has gotten harder on us. Mm-hmm. But, but we still have those within the body that maybe were not fully converted, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, or they never grew up once they became Christians, and they still are living in the worldly self and worldly mm-hmm. way. And and uh, many attacks come from within the body, yeah. uh, and that's. Uh, but the weeds grow together along with the wheat. <laughs> yes, you know, they do. And, and until the coming of the Lord. So yeah. Uh, so. What, what town was your was your youth ministry and was it in Kansas? Yes, yeah, okay. yeah it was in Circleville, Kansas. Circleville, Kansas. <clears throat> All right, it's up by Holton. I kind of know where that's. Is that, is that in the north? Yeah, you park? know where Topeka is. I think I do. I've, I've been along thirty six Highway thirty six across northern. Okay. Yeah, it meets up with Highway seventy five. Okay, at one point, and if you go south, you'd go right. right into Holton. Okay, I have I have a, a, a son-in-law from. Independence, Kansas. Yep. <laughs> and uh, well, actually from Tyro. Okay. Kansas. I said Independence. He was from Tyro, and uh, which is down that area. And so, and we lived in Colorado for many years. We we drove through Kansas for years. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we know that we know the area. And I think Kansas is beautiful. Some people think it's just barren land, but I think if unless you've seen a sunset or or a sunrise on crust, crusted snow. You know, I, you just haven't ever seen anything beautiful. It's definitely a different world up there as far as landscaping. Yeah. That was one of the things when we moved down here from Mississippi. You know, I, I've never lived on this side of the Mississippi River, you know. Like right. We just, you just don't really come over here. You usually go west, you right. know, um, from there. So m- even our vacations were all to the west. Um, and so when I came to Mississippi the very first time, and I brought my wife down here when we were going through this whole search committee thing, you know, um, I was like, there is trees everywhere, like, and not only just trees, but they're like right next to the road. So I'm, I'm terrified because, you know, I'm used to driving at night. The deer run everywhere, like they're right. everywhere. Right. And, and I'm driving down the road. It's dark, all trees. I'm like, I can't see. I can't see if there's a deer running through the pasture. I can't see the cat. You know, like I can't. And you can't see, see the next three towns. The no. lights from the next three towns that are 30, 40 miles away. Exactly. Like you can't. You can't <laughs> right. And so I'm going. Are we even going the right way? Are we on the wrong road? Like I mean, all these thoughts come through my mind, and obviously, none of it matters because now I'm here and now these are my home roads so right. you know but like yeah like, you don't see sunsets like you see you don't no. see sunrises um you know because yeah. you could see for miles and so right. there's nothing blocking the wind <laughs> there isn't hardly any wind here compared right. to up there because <laughs> you've got something to block <laughs> exactly and you're, you're in we would explain to our listeners because we we've got listeners from and, and i want to say hello to our our Listeners from Albania who just uh, joined us in the last few weeks and started, and uh, we have uh, some people who are pretty intense on listening from Jordan, mm-hmm. and I want to say a welcome to them as well. But just to describe where we're at in Mississippi and in, in the mid south of the United States, and and in this area of Mississippi, it's it's not you're getting, you're close to the Delta, but you're very much in a forested area. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. you might describe what you're you're near a town that some people might have heard of. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> right up the road here. I, I don't know if I can mention it, though. I may cause some a division in the church, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're right next, close to Oxford, where the University of Mississippi is at. Right. The Ole Miss Rebels. All right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, it's a good area, good folks. Uh, I actually was thinking, I met one of your guys going out the door down here, and yeah. we had talked at a, at a gathering up at Corinth a couple of years ago. When they were looking for a minister, they talked to me about trying to help them find, and I, I didn't do a very good job of it, but they, they, they did a better job than I could have done. But uh, we were talking, and I said, it's been about 25 years since I was here. Yeah. Uh, I held two revivals in the late 90s when I was still preaching in, in Tennessee when Furman Anderson was a preacher here. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, he's, on a, he's actually on a podcast too for our listeners and he has passed away, Brother Furman, but I'd encourage our listeners to go back to podcast number 34. That's where you'll find Furman and uh, interesting and, and to hear, you wanna hear a Southern fella talk, that's, that's yeah. where you wanna go to hear Brother Furman and uh, him and his wife have both passed away since we did that interview a few years ago. But anyway, we, we loved coming down here and, and being with the folks and, and uh, uh, getting me everywhere. But it's just been, Water Valley is not, I don't have to go through Water Valley to get to anywhere I'm going. No. You've got to go two, three other places to get here. Yes. You know, that's what we say down here, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. So tell me how a fellow from Kansas ended up in the, in, in the forest of Mississippi. <laughs> Well, not my choice. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> we'll just say it that way. No, um, honestly, what ended up happening when we start, started talking about um, moving from youth ministry into more of a, uh, a preaching role or a pastor role, um, you know, of course, I did the thing that I think most people would do, and I applied to the places I wanted to go. Like, sure. you know, I, I applied in Colorado. I loved Colorado. Um, so I applied there. I applied close to the places around us there in Kansas. I applied to Florida to, to you know, to, to, to the vacation places, you know, sure. like where now I'm like, I would never want to actually live there. I just liked visiting there. That's right. all it was. Um, but uh, <laughs> again, I had a friend who loves to challenge me and he said, so did you tell God those are the only places you're going to go or did you tell God you would go anywhere? And of course, I'd seen the job posting for Water Valley, but um, I ended up uh, obviously applying. <laughs> right. But um, another interesting thing is, is one of my friends actually had came down here earlier to apply for this job. Oh. Um, and so that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, but he had actually applied for this job, and he was one that kind of encouraged me, like, because he knew it would be my first pastor role, and like, right. this is a really good place you know, for you to go and to learn and to grow and, you know, and who knows, because like you just said, you mentioned Furman, he was here right. for 33 years. Uh, uh, David uh, Freeman, the one after him was here for 20 years. Which is amazing after a 33 yeah. year ministry that a minister comes and stays 20 yeah. years. Correct. And, and, you know, everybody, I guess, expected when David came, well, this may be two or three year, the buffer ministry but yeah. between a long ministry and another. And he, he did so well. Yes. He stayed so long, and I was I was so happy about that for him yeah. and for the church. And seeing yeah. for me being a minister and a first time minister goes wow. There's 50 years of them only having two ministers. That's got to be good, right? Because I mean, and you know as well as I do, uh, a minister is not going to stay somewhere where they're not welcome or where they right. don't want to be. Um, right. There's automatically going to be conflict, and they're not going to be there very long. And so. 
I'm used to hearing those stories. Um, obviously, when I started to talk about ministry and stuff, you hear that a lot. Um, you know, three, five years, and then it's over. You know, <laughs> that whole right. thing, because by that time, things fight. And so when I saw it, well, they've only had two ministers. Th those ministers have done past the three to five years. Right. And that doesn't just happen because the minister is good. Right. Um, it happens because the church is good. That's and true. So, Absolutely the truth. You know, yeah. and, and a healthy church means, for me, when I look at a healthy church, I say, that's somewhere I can be for a while. Right. Um, and so even that, and, and looking at other places when before coming to Mississippi, like looking at those other churches in Colorado, you saw this rotating door. You know, uh, ministers may be there for five, ten years. You know, right. I'm not saying that that's not a successful ministry, but... You start right. to look at that, and I'm I'm at the age. I said I got four kids, I got a wife. I want to settle down. <laughs> right. You know, I'd like to stay somewhere and be able to stay there. Right. Um, my kids to graduate from Water Valley, for instance, right. and and then go. Like uh, that's, I mean, I think that's every guy's dream for their family is. is to have a place, you know, that they call home. And that's one of the things that's been interesting for me is I've never really had a place I called home. Um, because we weren't in a place for an extremely long time. Like I said, I was a sophomore and we moved to, you know, Beatrice. Um, I went from there to Manhattan after Manhattan, which Circleville after Circleville, we came here. Like, I haven't spent a lot of time in one place growing up or, you know, even in ministry. And so it's just interesting when you say home, what all that means. It does. Um, and, you know, I think for women, they, they want a place. Absolutely. Home. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's harder. A lot of times it's harder on on the wife and kids to move than it is on yeah. the preacher because sometimes he's he's looking for the most fertile field to do his work in and sometimes where he's at doesn't seem to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I always said if a church won't let me win souls to Christ, if, they are, if they're very inward focused and I get there and find that out, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I will, you know, if, if I can't win souls here, I'll win souls somewhere. Yeah. And and my, my family says, we want to live here. Yes. You know, and bless their hearts, they do. As we say in the South, bless their hearts. Yes. That's what, exactly what they want to do. And I understand that, yeah. you know, but but uh, I I did a lot of four-year ministries. And yeah. uh, when my oldest left for Johnson Bible College, she told her younger siblings, she said, now we've been here two years, you're not, you're not going to graduate from high school here. But we, I actually stayed nine years there and, 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 and that last minute before we began traveling. Yeah. And actually lived in the town another two before we moved to Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> but um, but here's a, a I guess the question is there a culture shock? I mean, I mean other than uh, geographic shock. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I say this because your friend said, "Have you know? Have you told God these are the places I will go and these are the places mm -hmm. I won't go?" Because we've had in the years, both me and our associate brother Greg have had guys say, "I'm ready to do whatever God wants me to do. I'm ready. I'm looking for a new ministry." And would, would you keep an eye out? And we'll say, well, we've got two churches open in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to. And, you know, my answer is, well, it's not burning, guys. It's a, it's a nice place to be. It, and yeah. I'd never lived here until we started traveling, except a couple of summers with my grandparents. And yeah. uh, But really good folks. Yeah. 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 I mean, culturally, it is a huge difference in the fact that I was used to rural areas, you know, I mean, yeah. farmers, uh, you know, as far as the treatment of the people, it's about the same, except it's like, so, and I'm, if you've been here, you'll understand the Southern hospitality is completely yes. different. Um, Very you know, much. we, 
we got here and I, I don't know that there isn't anybody I didn't meet. You know, I'm sure there's people that remember my name, but I don't remember sure. theirs, you know. Um, everybody came to the house. There was stuff all over the house, like food and things like that, you know. Um, neighbors that brought stuff over. That never happened in Kansas. Not saying it never no. happened to me in Kansas. Right. It was good people, but it's a different culture. Yes. Right. And, and that was Very the expectation. Yeah. We had one guy that uh, he was talking to us, and it, it made me laugh. He said, you know, that Southern hospitality, it's great, except you know what they're really doing, right? They're just trying to get in your business. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh <laughs> because he said that's that's what they're doing is they want to know what who you are and what's going on and right. I said well that's a good thing because really when we look at it isn't that what we're supposed to do we're, right. we're supposed to be those people that just have no idea who you are let's go talk and get to know you so we can build a relationship to become better people um, right yeah that that was a huge one in learning the language language is a little different down it here. is <laughs> um, it, you know words don't mean the same thing and no. some words that you didn't even know existed exist <laughs> oh yeah yeah some words absolutely i remember a, a man and his wife moving into ministry from some from somewhere else yeah <laughs> and they came to the south and uh they real nervous and asked us they, they were very concerned because they were told the people coming to your house tonight they're going to give you a pounding <laughs> and you know, they didn't know, or, you know, we're in the South, they're going to come beat us up because, you know, all these rednecks and everything. And, <laughs> but they say, and no, no, that means that it comes from the, from the idea of everybody brings a pound of something, a pound yeah. of flour, a pound of sugar. But usually around here, they bring a lot more than a pound. Yes. <laughs> but but they're, just, they're just loving on you. They're yes. just coming down there to let you know. That, that you're welcome and we're glad to see you. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, you talk about that was one of the words that I didn't understand pounding. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because oh, that's sorry. what they said they did to us is they pounded oh, us. Oh, you didn't you know. know. And I, when they said they pounded us, I went, uh-oh. <laughs> who got beat up, right? Like, <laughs> like who, do, who do I need to go check on? You know, like that. Um, you know, there's just words like over yonder. I don't know where over yonder is yeah. at. Um, yeah. You know, because my mind doesn't. It, it, it's, a, it's a fur piece. Yeah, yeah, piece. yeah, exactly. You know, you, you start... it, it ain't the end of the world, but you can see it from there. Exactly. That's yeah, just... you know, and it's funny because obviously in my preaching, um, I'm not from the South, so I some of the words I use in my preaching are not words that you may use down sure. here. Right. And, and uh, one of the things that I've tried to do um, in my preaching is is to figure out where we're different because it, it actually makes it more interesting. Um, right. You know, because I think sometimes when we look at differences, um, instead of trying to figure out where we're the same, we just keep our differences, you know. And right. so, like, I try to figure out and, you know, I may talk about something that would make a lot of sense in Kansas, but then I'll talk about something that makes a lot of sense here and show how they're actually the same thing. We just use different terminology right. or, you know, whatever it may be. But it, it's been fun because, like we were talking earlier, I love how it's made me into the person I am today. Right. Um, all those experiences make me into something else. I think a lot of things that come from Kansas with me or even from Nebraska have affected my ministry, you know, and I hope in a good way. Right. <laughs> you know, some people may disagree, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like I think in a lot of times we look at it and we, we see those differences and we allow them to just continue to be differences instead of try to find and discuss the common ground. Right. You know, whatever that may be, uh, you know. Yeah. Getting, Obviously, that's the whole gospel. <laughs> you know, what, we are different. <laughs> everywhere we go in our travels, we've been at it almost 20 years now traveling, 
and uh, I guess we're in our 19th year, and we've learned that our country really is diverse. Yes. And the language is diverse. It, it's it's English, but uh, if somebody coming from Great Britain would have a hard time understanding us probably yeah. almost anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. But I remember our first revival in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, I, I couldn't understand them. I just yeah. got in the pulpit and said, I can't understand a thing y'all saying. You know? <laughs> and they said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they got me a book called Pittsburghese, How the Pittsburgher Speaks. And and we really learned some good, and I go back now and I I can understand anything they say because I've been there so many times. Yeah. And and uh, love the people. I loved them then, but I just, I, I, someone would tell a story and everybody would laugh and I'd yeah. laugh and my wife would say, what he's saying? I'd, I'd whisper, I don't know. I just didn't want to look like an idiot. You <laughs> yeah, know? I, yeah, exactly. I just wouldn't be in on the joke, That's you know? Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everywhere you a, go. Everywhere. I've got a book like that. Do you? How to Speak Southern. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I had a, a couple of people give me it. And, and <laughs> you look through it and some of the words, you're like, wow. So that's what it means. That's like, what it I means. mean, that's what sure. it, it makes sense once you understand it. One but. of the things having grown up in, in, in Arkansas uh, that, that I've always loved about the South is that for the most part we laugh at ourselves. Yeah. We can laugh at our language because we love our language and and we know who we are and where we're at and that's okay and, and mm -hmm. it, it, you know uh, you know we can laugh just just uh, you know don't make fun of our grits you know, and, Which are good, and our black-eyed peas and things we, yeah. you know. But other than that we, we probably laugh about anything and and uh, and mostly get along pretty pretty yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Mostly, mostly. Yeah, exactly. I think you know you talk about uh, grits and things like that. I mean, the grits are so much better down here than they are up there. Corn, oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah, cornbread doesn't taste the same anymore. <laughs> we cornbread in, in Kansas is not cornbread down here. Um, I think sweet tea. Yeah. Basically, sugar with a splash of tea here, yeah. <laughs> and you ask for more sugar up there. You right. know, um, little things like that that are just so different. Like the first time that I ordered tea here, they didn't ask me, "Do you want sweet tea or unsweet?" They just brought me sweet tea. Right. You know, like the little things that happen all yeah. the time that you just like, wow. I guess. When we get in the north, sometimes we'll say unsweet tea, and they look at us like because we're trying. You know, we yeah. try to cut down the sugar yeah. years ago, and they look at us like. Well, of course. Yeah, like you know, what else? <laughs> but down here, if you get into a real friendly place, they'll say, sweet tea or unsweet tea, honey. Yeah. You know, and you, you got to know how yeah. to answer that. But the grits, I got to get off of the grits with you for a minute. Can we just talk about grits? <laughs> we can talk about grits for a minute. I'm good We lived it. in Colorado for seven years and did new church work up there. And I, I had a friend who uh, later left the police force and, and went went into ministry. And, and uh, actually, his and his wife's podcast, I did theirs together. And it was just in January this year. Uh, the flu hardies, but he went with me as we traveled to some of our churches in eastern Colorado raising support for another year because we're in new church work. Okay. And we were in Pueblo. We went to Denny's to eat and they had grits. They had they actually had grits on the menu. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, you can't buy grits in a store up here. So I ordered it and it came out scooped in a little dome like a glob. And I, I tried to eat it and I said, well, no wonder you folks up here hate grits. You know, this is the way you cook them. You know, you got to know how to, you got to know what to do with them, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, if you want a recipe, folks, just uh, just uh, make a note on the show notes there and we'll we'll get to you. That's right. Uh, about a recipe on how to make grits yeah. good. I've never right eaten away. as many vegetables that I did down here. Everybody loves vegetables. Oh, I yeah. didn't know what greens were. Oh, and they're good too, and aren't they? They're great. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not was not a huge onion eater, but people here put onion in everything. Yeah. And they actually taste really good. Like, I mean, there's things that I've tried and done. And, that and, I, and ham or, or bacon grease and just about yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. That's what we save all our bacon grease now because we put it on everything. Yeah. I mean, no wonder we're all so healthy. Our, our last <laughs> ministry over in Murfreesboro, Arkansas, uh, wonderful people. Every Wednesday, they, they the women's church came together and made meals because Meals on Wheels didn't go out on Wednesday. And they took it out to people in the community. And then we all got together and ate afterwards. And uh, the Meals on Wheels, back then, uh, they would not give you any, you know, they didn't give you bacon grease on anything. And on Wednesday, the folks got it. And there were people in their 80s or 90s, and someone said, now, you ought not give them that. And they said, they've been eating this all their life. Yeah. And they're in their late 80s, they're in their 90s, some of them maybe up to 100 years old, and, and, and they've been eating this all their life. Mm -hmm. So they're going to eat it now, because yeah. that, that's what they want. And and uh, I like that because I had to go in there. I gained a lot of weight in South Arkansas in that ministry. Good cooks. Yeah. Yes, very much so. So tell me, how do you like uh, being a, a preaching minister as opposed to being a youth minister? Uh, I'm not saying you like one better than the other, but... but <laughs> I joke with the youth minister a lot. You know, the, the great thing about being a youth minister is you work with kids. Yeah, being a preacher, you work with adults that act like kids. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that is. Just, uh, but no, wipe that off. We that's right. You can edit that one too, yeah. or whatever you know. But uh, no, I mean, one of the greatest things I think for me is to um, what I loved about youth ministry was seeing the light bulb go off, right, in, in these kids. But it's something different when the light bulb goes off in an older person. Um, yeah. You know, when you can give them that hope of God's not done with you yet. You're just as important as that youth kid is. Right. You're just as important as the young couple that came through the door. You're, you know, you have a place to do something, and to see that click with them, it, it just—I don't know if there's anything better. Um, I like the, um, like I like the youth ministry and the aspect of those relationships, um, but the relationships were always because I was the authority. Um, the, in right. my experience, um, whereas the relationships I have, it's not because I'm the authority. It's because there's respect there. There's, you know, things like that, that, uh, you know, I like, guess I'm the preacher, but not, people don't always like, oh man, that's a preacher. I've got to be on my best behavior. They, they see me as a person, um, not just as the preacher. And so like, I've got relationships with guys that are much older than me, much wiser than me that will actually ask me an advice, <laughs> you know, like yeah. things like that, that I'm like, you've lived way longer than I have. And you're asking me my opinion, like, why does it even matter? So things like that, that, you know, not that I have to feel value here on earth, right. um, but it is nice to, to see it differently. Um, like just bringing in a young pastor into his first time role and have these guys that are on the board that have been here for since Furman or before Furman even, right. you know, have those guys turn and say, you know what, we're going to let you run with this. Wow. You know, that, that, that level of like, wow, you know, when you really think about it, they don't have to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> tell, tell us about Water Valley. What, what size community is Water Valley? Uh, Water Valley, population-wise, I want to say it's probably 2,500, 3,000, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and I could be wrong in my numbers. It's it's a very diverse community um, as far as race. Uh, you know, um, it's 
It's it's interesting, really. You know, you talked about culture things. You know, up in the north, race is a huge deal. Down here, it's not. Um, it's everybody's the same, like the way it's supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, um, and, and so like I know people are just. I, I can walk into a place and people know me. Right. Like for who I am, not just again. Once again, not just because. Oh, there's the preacher. We got to talk to him. They're like, oh, hey, Brandon, how you doing? Right. You know, like people talk to me, and it doesn't matter what church they're going to. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters other than I'm going to talk to you right now. You're that important. You're a person. You're a neighbor. Yes. You're here. And, and uh, I, think that's, I think that's important. And, and, and talking at the South and talking about yeah. Mississippi because it's got a bad rap. It does. And, and there have been years it needed a bad rap. And, and, uh, and there are probably pockets around Mississippi, but traveling in the north, I, I've actually seen more pockets of, of the problems than I've seen in the south. Yeah. Um, I stopped in to get a biscuit on the way down here. Uh, my wife's listening, you know, I'm we're trying not to eat the biscuits and the bread and stuff, but I had to get something, so I stopped into a gas station, because that's what we like to do down here, stop in at a gas station. Of course. And, and get a biscuit, you know, and there's people, uh, various eth- ethnic backgrounds right. and races, that were in there, they were drinking coffee, they, they had a few tables, they're sitting around tables and, mm-hmm. and drinking coffee and talking. Uh, someone comes in that uh, that is not Caucasian. Yeah. They're a different, they're a different color. And they, hello, and everybody's hello, come over here and sit with us. Yeah. This is not what the country has got an idea of, of where you and I live yeah. now. And, yeah. and uh, uh, your church is doing well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I'm a, <laughs> sure, you want to say that. No. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, but, uh, but, but no, it, I, that's true. Yeah. The things that, and you said it a little bit earlier, um, the thing that I love about this church is we are not inward focused all the time. We right. have an outward focus. That's um, good. You know, um, and you see it in whether you talk about the youth group, whether you talk about um, the older people, the, mid, the, the middle-aged, whatever, um, because people are growing. Um, you're, you're seeing a true spiritual growth in people. Right. Um, it's not just a come to church thing. It, it's it's going to go beyond. Um, and, you know, and obviously with that being said, you, we've seen more baptisms, more people coming, more visitors, more all of that coming that has made ministry a lot more fun. <laughs> Well, I mean, our time is winding down, if you can imagine, already. But we always start this with people say, I don't know if I've got an hour in me. And uh-huh. I say, 30 minutes to an hour is all we need. But we, we're we going to run up on that hour here pretty okay. quick. And I, I want to ask you a question I like to ask when I have time. Okay. Uh, now, you've not been in the ministry a whole long time here. Nope. But you've been long enough to see what's going on mm-hmm. and what's going on in the world. What do you, in your opinion, what do you believe to be the greatest challenges facing the church, individual Christians, and or the ministry going forward from today. Now you can take it one at a time or just one of those, uh, you know, if you've got yeah. an opinion on anything. On yeah. that. Oh, I, I have plenty of opinions. Okay. <laughs> um, I think uh, the one that's probably our biggest struggle is being vulnerable with people, um, whether it be within the church, outside of the church, whether in seeing people the way Jesus sees them. Um, I look at, like, for instance, as a preacher, um, there's certain expectations people have of a preacher, and they forget that they're human. Right. Well, there's also certain expectations that a preacher has of the people 
and forgets they're human. But right. then if we have that within the church, that means we're definitely showing that outside the church. Right. And no wonder nobody wants to come be part of that community if we're constantly making it known that you're not meeting our expectations. Oh, very um, good, yeah. Uh, I think we've, as a world, have done that. Um, you know, and I don't want to get all political or anything, but like when we start talking about wars and things like that, a lot of those are based upon they're not meeting our expectation of what we think it should be. Right. And so then there's obviously conflict. Um, and I think that's, again, when I look at that, I say, well, as a church, if we can't get that right, of course the world's going to fall. Uh, Jesus right. has made that perfectly clear that like the church is supposed to be different, but if the church is just like it, how do you ever get bit, get over that? Um, right. And so I think it's a lot of failed expectations um, is our biggest struggle, whether it be um, ministers that aren't here very long in places, whether it be people that decide this church is better because they're making me feel better, or whatever it is. Right. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of expectations that aren't being met and that I think that's probably our biggest struggle um, that the world faces is just understand people are people right um, people are people and, and like it's a cliche <laughs> but it's the truth yeah. people need the Lord yes you know uh, 100%. <laughs> old song but people need the Lord that's yes. they think Jesus and uh, they don't it's about Jesus it's not about me or you yep. it's about Jesus it's not about uh, church board meetings, it's about Jesus. Yes. It's not about programs or music, it's about Jesus. Yes. Let's, let's, get, it, let's get it on Jesus, let's yeah. get it where it, need, where it belongs. Yeah. So, anything else you'd like to add today? Oh, I can talk for another hour if you want. Oh, I'm feeling could. pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, again, if we want this world to change, we have to change. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I hear too often, that it's someone else's fault, that someone else's blame is why the church is the way the church is. And that is not the truth at all. The church is the way the church is, is because we're not standing up and doing what Jesus told us to do. Right. Um, and that, I want that to be both encouraging and also challenging, uh, you know, um, because that's one of the things that when I, when I look at what I'm doing as a preacher, just being a husband, like, I want to be like Jesus. Right, and in order to be like Jesus means I'm not like the world, um, and so we got to understand that we have to get it right in the church, and then go out from there. Um, right, or it's not going to change. Um, it's not about having more people that call themselves Christians. It's about people that actually act like Christians. Um, we have too many people that say I'm a Christian, and they don't live Christian values or Christian ways, um, and yeah. I can go on a whole other topic of that, but. <laughs> well, I, would, I think a lot about Nadab and Abihu in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, priest, like their father, uh, on their headband, it said, Holy to the Lord. And yet, uh, they didn't know what God said, and God sent fire, yeah. and, and their lives were, were ended. Uh, as Christians, we're New Testament priests. We have Holy to the Lord on our forehead, uh, even if others can't read it yep. there. And just having that written there does not mean we're living the way we're supposed to live. We have got to make a choice and a decision daily to walk with Christ. And 
Uh, I have failed. I'm sure you have failed. Yes. And and uh, we need to make sure that we're walking with Jesus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've enjoyed being with you, and, and we're, I'm going to get back because you've told me your wife has an interesting story, and I, I told her two years ago or so I was going to get around <laughs> it to her, and I'm, I'm going to get back one of these days, I, yeah. and pretty soon going to be talking to your youth minister and, yeah. and uh, having a conversation with him. But uh, I want to say to those who've been listening, we hope that this podcast today has uh, been encouraging to you, and if it has, we hope that you will share it with your friends and co-workers in Christ. And it, you know, Brandon, it's kind of hard to say this after yesterday's terrible storms we had in Mississippi, but I, I still believe it's a blessing. I'm going to say until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.